0: Welcome back to Snap Judgment, the Dirty Work episode. My name is Lynn Washington, and today, our next story takes us back to the early 60s, small town, Michigan, when Pete Fenton was a shy math whiz. That all changed his senior year in school. Snap Judgment.
1: Pete was heading out of his favorite class, geometry, when the unthinkable happened. Jackie, tall, slick-back-hair, junior Rat Pack guy,
2: pulled him aside to talk business. He hands me a $20 bill, and at the bottom was his phone number.
1: Four one five.
2: He says, that's my business card. How would you like to have more money, more broads, and more booze than you've ever had in your life? And, uh, <laughs> kind of took me back because I hadn't had much of any of it. Nine, nine, eight, Listen, Pete, I want you, and you only... help me start a las vegas style casino in my basement are you with me after a pause where a lot of stuff was going through my head i said yes
1: you see p idolized jackie he may not have completely trusted him but he had a girlfriend drove a thunderbird and now maybe he could taste some of that too then the meeting ends he says wait a minute I'm low on business
2: cards. Could you give me that one back and I'll return it to you later? Of course, being the $20
1: bill that he gave me, I gave it to him,
2: never got it back.
1: After school in Jackie's basement, Jackie would train Pete in the art of the con. Jackie's parents ran a traveling carnival and Jackie ran the games. So he showed Pete his marked blackjack cards, loaded dice, a modified craps table, and Pete soaked it up. Opening night, they start trickling in early on. By
2: midnight, it was just packed. Everybody was there, the football players, all the cool kids who wouldn't have anything to do with me before, and we're supplying them with free drinks. I was on the other side of the table. They maybe never gambled before in their lives. That was just, wow, all I've got to do is stand there and take in the money. Like the jocks, oh boy, I loved taking their money. But other people
1: that I've been friendly with I felt guilty about taking the money from them. But a business is a business, right? And they were pulling in hundreds of dollars a night. Also for Pete, the best part of the casino came after the casino, when they would just be normal guys and hang out. We'd watch monster movies,
2: we'd joke about them, which of course we thought the jokes we were making were the best ever. Jackie had a a couple of pinball machines. One of them didn't work. He opened it up and it was filled with girly magazines. So we'd browse through those. What brought us really together is we both had a wound. Jackie, his mother, would yell at him from the moment he walked in to the moment he left. His father never said a word to Jackie or anyone else or his wife. On the other hand, my father was an alcoholic. My mother was for many years and we bounded over that even though we never spoke of it. The relationship I had with Jackie was we were best friends and it seemed like he considered it the same way. Then one day, a week before graduation, Jackie came to me and said, the casino, it's over, we're done. I said, why? We're doing really well. I said, you know what? This is good, but I got something better. You know that I work on the carnival. I want you to come along with me. Would you be willing to do it? This time, I didn't have any kind of qualms about it whatsoever.
1: Yes. So after graduation, the boys hit the road with the carnival. And to Pete, it felt like freedom. What I enjoyed most about being a Kearney was the
2: atmosphere, all the colored lights at night, smells of the cotton candy, shrieking rides, each of which had its own music system, and it all kind of melded together in just some sort of sensory overload. So I had that adrenaline rush every day. As hard as it is to believe, I was like a visiting rock star. Girls would come up to you just because you were a Kearney. They were enthralled by you. You know, it was exciting that a celebrity actually wanted to go out on a date with them. Plus, I was
1: being paid $25 a day. Very, very respectable for the time. Jackie also showed Pete how to run the games, like the duck pond and the cat rack. And every booth Pete manned was rigged. Like in the cat rack, the game where you knock down the cats with the ball. Well, Pete controlled the cats with a secret lever by his foot. They're so excited by the fact that they're almost winning this
2: big prize, they don't pay attention to anything. Nobody in the whole history of the time I was doing this ever figured it out. Oh man! At first, I had a few qualms about it, but then I would be able to impress the person who was
1: important to me. And so, to be honest, uh, it didn't bother me. After each day of ripping off customers, the boys would hang out in Jackie's Airstream trailer and count their dough. Then Jackie would take Pete to the local town and introduce him to the world of the senses. I had my first
2: sip of alcohol with him. I started smoking cigarettes, put them in my mouth and pretended to smoke. Good music, all of the Motown artists. I uh, had my first sexual uh, involvement with uh, with a lady of the night. So it wasn't romantic, but at least I got that out of the way. Everything was going fine until one of the veteran carnies talked to me and he asked me to go down and buy a couple of six-packs and he'd pay me back. And I said, I don't have the money to buy the six-packs. He says, you got to be kidding me. The game you're working on, you should be rolling in the money. And I said, no, I'm only making $25 a day on this. And he said, no, you're supposed to be getting 10% of the total take every day. 10%? That would be like hundreds of dollars. Wait, are you kidding me? I'm Jackie's buddy. Of course, he's giving me the right thing. He says no. The guy said the veteran carnies deal with that as we ho. You hold out the amount of money it's warranted from working that game. It was an eye opener. I was still buddies with Jackie. We were still getting along great, but I started hoing no more and no less than ten percent of the money. At first, I felt guilty about hoing, which was weird because here I am essentially stealing money from the people who walk down the midway, but I felt guilty about doing it with a friend of mine. Eventually, I just couldn't H.O. anymore, so I went up to Jackie and told him. I knew what was going on. And he said, Pete, I got a business here. I really can't afford to pay you the full amount right now. For one thing, because I don't have the cash flow, and secondly, you're a new guy. I'm giving you the opportunity to do this, so how about this as an alternative? I'll pay you the correct percentage, but I will give you the fair percentage when the season is done. It's going to be like a year-end bonus. So, you know, he's been my buddy, and I said, okay,
1: fine, year-end bonus, that's good. Over the summer, Pete became the top dog, Carney, Jackie's right and left-hand man,
2: but there was still a fly in the ointment, and that was that Jackie had promised
1: that he was going to give me this bonus at the end of the summer. So, on the second and last day of summer, Pete hosted a kickback at his motel room with Jackie and some guys, including a carny who went by fireman. There, he finally asked Jackie, What about my bonus?
2: The fireman speaks first and he says, Bonus? Nobody ever gives somebody a bonus at the end of the year. That's a bunch of baloney. And I said, come on, Jackie, you know, we talked about it, you know this. And Jackie said, you know, he just won't respond. Here we go, I realized. Okay, there isn't going to be any bonus at the end of the year. This has been all a bunch of crap. Finally, after a long back and forth, we settled on something that
1: I had never heard of before. The Indiana bust out. The Indiana bust out is an ancient carny tradition. Over the course of one day, the boys would go head-to-head in every booth, using every carny trick up their sleeve, to pull in customers and get that money. The bet was double or nothing. The fireman would total up their earnings at the end, and if Jackie won, Pete got nothing. But if Pete won, Pete would get the bonus. Doubled. It was hard to sleep
2: that night, and I woke up that following morning, took a shower, put on my coolest
1: suit. Jackie and Pete lined up at the first booth to begin the bust-out, while the other carnies took bets. And with the ring of the cowbell, the Indiana bust-out was on.
2: Hey, hey guys, yeah, you Step three guys over there, give me all the Winning coat. Duck is in there. These <laughs> things just don't fly away, they're made out of plastic. So right over here, the Winning Duck is right over here. Oh man, that was so close, I can't believe it. No, I'm sorry. On the corner, yeah. Five right, for three, We're We're the fourth one's free. a little too soft, you gotta- Oh! Control. All right, sir, how are we doing Lob today? it up there. Right, ready? There you go. Oh, go ahead. Forget about Pete. I'll cut you a better deal. I'm sweating at the corner of the eye. It seems like he's doing better than me. There were some of the games that I had never worked before. When I'm doing this, I'm kind of reviewing the arc of the relationship from the first time that we met to the casino, to him helping me out and me learning that he was screwing me. I wondered, had we ever really been friends? Or was I simply a really good employee? usually I I'm don't I'm trying to boot. give away every prize before I quit you just came by at the right time <laughs> boss. Would oh, me but give me a dollar I'll ah. give you two out of three in a few years. so that's it we're done we walk over to Jackie's trailer we break out some drinks it took a long while to count the money then finally the fireman says okay here you go Jackie, you brought in 2183 bucks. Wow. I said, ooh, that's a lot. Fireman turns to me and says, OK, Pete, I hate to tell you this, but you won 2586 You win. What? Because he started out with, I hate to tell you this, I didn't grasp that I had won. Jackie was ticked off. He took off. It was quite a moment because I had just beaten him, but, but but I have a little bit of secret. I had paid the fireman ahead of time to miscount me into winning more money than Jackie. Then the fireman said, Listen, Jackie won playing this thing fair and square, but that doesn't matter. You won playing it the 100% Carney way. Jackie never thought of that, so you are the true Carney. You won. For the first time that summer, Jackie and I didn't get together in his airstream,
1: and this was the last day. So Pete packed up his stuff and rolled out. He rode his motorcycle to the nearest bar to grab a drink, and that's when he saw... Jackie, I couldn't believe it.
2: I don't know what's going to happen when I go over to him, but I decide that I've got to do it. He looks at me and he says, man, you did well. I thought it wouldn't be close I had kind of a winner's remorse that I'd beaten the only guy that I looked up to. Jackie says, I have to be honest with you. You know, we never talk much about our feelings, but I've had it with this carnival business. I was raised in a ticket booth. My mom tried to make me a profit center from practically the day that I came out of her womb, for which she never stopped blaming me. I grew up not trusting anyone. Everybody I knew was a puke who was out to take you for anything they could. This is the kind of environment I grew up in, and I don't want to be in that. I want normal. I'm going to business school and leave this all behind. That was kind of stunning. You know, he'd never really been open with me in that way before. Then he says to me, you know what, I always knew that you were stealing money from me. Don't worry about it. Wait a minute, if you knew, why didn't you fire me? He says, you know, all of the guys, every carny holds out, but I figured that because you were my friend, you would steal less than the other people because you would feel guilt. I was right. You were relatively honest. You stole less from me than the other guys, so it kind of evened out. I had mixed feelings about it. On one hand, he was acknowledging that I was a relatively honest person, but then on the other hand there was kind of a rupture there. I had learned everything I could from Jackie, and he had gotten what he needed out of me, which may be a friend or quasi-friend. So we said our goodbyes at that point. I rode my motorcycle off, and it was like I was walking off into the... I didn't know whether it was a sunset or a sunrise.
0: Thank you, Pete Fenton, for sharing that story with Snap. Now, after that summer, Jackie quit his family's traveling carnival and went on to business school. To learn more about being a first-class huckster, check out Pete's book, Eyeing the Flash, The Making of a Carnival Con Artist, Have a link on our website, snapjudgment.org. Original sound design for that story was by Leon Morimoto and David Kim. It was produced by Davey, triple threat, Kim. about that time. You made it out. But know this. There's plenty more Snap where that came from. Get the amazing storytelling podcast delivered to your phone each and every week. Subscribe right now. Right now. iTunes, Stitcher, whatever service you use, it's there. Snapjudgment.org The Snap is produced by the crew that always gets their hands dirty. Make some noise please for the Uber producer, Mark Ristich. Pat Messini-Miller, Anna Sussman, Julia DeWitt, Joe, Brass Knuckles Rosenberg, Nancy Lopez, the Collector, Dave the Snub Nose Kim, working in the back room, got Eliza Smith, Anna Adlerstein, Leon Monimoto, and Matt Ducott. Jasmine Aguilera isn't trying to hear it. And this is not the news. No way is this the news. In fact, you can run away join the circus as a magician, get dunked underwater, wrapped in chains for the amazing escape finale, only to realize you left the secret key on your dresser. You would still not be as far away from the news as this is, but this is WNYC.